Welcome back to Podcast with Statsman and AJ, folks. It's Rotowire's Fantasy Hockey Show. I'm Paul Bruno coming to you from sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. And you can follow me at Statsman22. My co host is AJ Scholes, a great follow at AJ Scholes24, based in another sunny environment, I'm being told, in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, near Rotowire headquarters. Is that really true, uh, AJ? Uh, we definitely get the prairie. Uh, it usually doesn't take much to be very windy here, which is not super fun if you go for a run or something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we get a decent amount of sun. Well, I, uh, am looking forward to a round of golf in the month of January, uh, with the temperature expected to be close to 80 degrees by one o'clock local time here. So I can't wait to get out on the course for an unexpected round of pleasure, uh, later today. But before we do that, we got to an all-star week of festivities uh, setting up in Toronto. I'm looking forward to getting back late, later in the week to check some of that out. And uh, I'm particularly interested in the all-star skills competition, AJ. They have a new look this year. Why don't you tell our listeners a bit about how that's set up? Yeah, so going to be more of like a, uh, I guess I would call it almost like an elimination format, right? So uh, they'll, have, um, they'll have guys uh, at each level kind of start out uh, and then, It'll be, uh, they'll do the, uh, all 12 participants will do fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timer, passing challenge, and accuracy shooting. Uh, from there, uh, the, the top eight will go to the shootout. Uh, and, and then finally, the, the top six after that will do uh, what they're calling an obstacle course. I'm not uh, not totally sure what that'll end up looking like, but it's supposed to include kind of all the skills. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll have, you know, kind of a step-by-step kind of elimination of guys there. Um, to give the, the quick rundown here, we've got uh, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Nikita Kucherov, David Pasternak, Jack Hughes, Kale McCarr, Leon Dreisaitl, Quinn Hughes, uh, Elias Pettersson, Austin Matthews, JT Miller, JT Miller rather, and uh, Willie Nylander. Uh, Paul, I don't know about you, but if you go over to the DraftKings.com sportsbook, you can place bets on who's going to win the skills competition. And and why don't we take a, 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 a look at that in terms of who we think might uh, might advance? And I'm I'm looking at the couple of the Colorado players, AJ, uh, Nathan McKinnon uh, on fire this year, and boy, he just flies up and down the ice every night. You can say the same for Kale McCarr as well, but I I also like a couple of the other players on this list, AJ, and it's, it's nice to see that McCarr is in there as a defenseman, the lone defenseman on this list, but there's a bunch of fleet forwards. Uh, Elias Pettersson and Willie Nylander might be two of the quicker ones there, but uh, I have uh, a lot of time for the chances for Nikita Kucherov and Austin Matthews, two of the more accurate and hardest shooters in the league. So there's a little something for everybody. I'm not sure about Jack Hughes' inclusion, though, because he's been injured uh, for quite a while. And uh, he's on this list, AJ. I'm not sure if he's going to participate or not, if you heard anything there. And we haven't even talked, of, talked about Connor McDavid. This is a chance for all these guys to compete for a $1 million prize. And uh, I mean, it's maybe chump change for some of them, but others would really like to get that. And I'm sure they will uh, take care of some of their training staff and, and the people hanging around the teams if it goes to the some of these guys with the deeper pockets. So uh, there's a lot of people rallying behind each of the competitors, and uh, it should be a compelling view uh, show. I, I'm, I'm going to tune in this year. In the past, I'll admit, uh, the All-Star game hasn't really grabbed me, but this the way this skills uh, competition is set up, uh, 
I, I'm intrigued, and uh, I'll throw it back to you with a with your pick about who you expect to win. Let's get let's get the top two players in your mind. Yeah, so uh, you know, I'll point out, uh, yeah, Jack Hughes has been on IR for a while, as you mentioned, Paul. Uh, I have not seen any indication that he's dropped out. We've had uh, Jack Eichel drop out. Uh, Connor Bedard has has dropped out and, and been replaced by Vincent Trocheck and Kyle Connor, um, but no word on on Hughes yet. Uh, for my money, I'm, you know, and these odds, look, there's a pretty short gap. You've got McKinnon at plus 750 as the, the closest. And then you've got JT Miller uh, and Willie Nylander as the longest odds at plus 1,100. Like, that's a very narrow gap. But for my money, uh, Elias Pettersson's my guy. You look at last year, he won a hardest shot last year. Uh, and then it was, uh, let's see, we didn't have a, a 21, but... He uh, previously won uh, fastest uh, or was up there for fastest skater uh, several years ago. Uh, and so I think he's, he's going to be a good option here. Plus 900, the odds there. So really good return. Um, I, to your point, Paul, I maybe would not bet on Jack Hughes uh, right now just because we don't know about his inclusion uh, long term here. But uh, I'm going to take Pedersen as my guy. I think uh, I think he's, you know, got – uh, skills that fit all of the the narrative here, of course. Just my luck, he'll get bounced out. You know, <laughs> uh, that's who I'm going with. Well, I'm going to give you three names to think about. I'm going to go gold, silver, and bronze. Uh, up the top, I'm going to say Nathan McKinnon. He's got all kinds of speed, as I said, and he's up there in the scoring leaders because he knows what to do with that puck once he gets it on his stick. So I like his chances to dominate in this skills competition. But I'm also looking at his teammate Kale McCarr, who might be a big surprise in this event given that he's only only defenseman maybe a lot of people are, are poo-pooing those possibilities but he's got everything they need to 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 make the win happen for himself and uh, the third guy i'm going to throw in is willie nylander he's cooled off in terms of scoring in the last couple of weeks for maple Leafs, but he's a rink rat like few others in the nhl and uh, he's honing his skills constantly and and he knows what the, all these events are all about and i look for him to factor in as maybe the top representative from the homestanding Maple Leafs. They have four guys in the, in the, the all-star game, and uh, he is one of three, in the, uh, two in this list of 12, and I think he's got a chance to be uh, uh, one of the top performers in the event. So uh, neither one of us has mentioned Connor McDavid. I'm sure he wants to put on a show for his home uh, hometown uh, team. Uh, area. Uh, he'll have a lot of friends and family there, I'm sure. So uh, again, I say compelling viewing for darn sure. And uh, I think this is must-see TV for hockey fans uh, coming up this weekend. More important than the game, I'm sure, in uh, most people's estimation. AJ, with that said, I want to get back into the nuts and bolts of what we do every week, and that is take a look at how we can help our uh, listeners who are managing fantasy teams at the halfway mark. They're looking for ways to improve their lot. And uh, every week we come up with players who can help them based on what they've done more most recently. Let's start off with a look at the forwards. Yeah, top of the list here. Uh, you know, again, we, we've kind of, uh, you know, we bounce back every week. This week, we're looking at the the lower uh, owned uh, guys here. So Pius Sutter leading the way for Vancouver, uh, just 2%, uh, but had two goals, two assists. Uh, really, really good, uh, or uh, four goals and two assists, rather. Um, really good week, 11 shots on goal. That's one of the highest totals here across the top of this board. So it makes a lot of sense there that he would be um, taking on more responsibility. 
uh, or getting more points rather. He is in a second line role currently with uh, JT Miller and Brock Besser. I think that's a fantastic spot for him to be. My only concern would be if he holds on to that or not. Uh, Connor Garland could factor in, but recently they've wanted to give Garland his own line. Um, so I, I would feel okay uh, making making a pickup there. Another player really far down on uh, ownership percentage is uh, Igor Ch- uh, Chinnikov uh, for Columbus. Just 6% ownership there. Uh, my reason on that is uh, especially due to uh, Patrick Line stepping away to enter the, the player assistance program. Uh, both Chinnikov, uh, Kent Johnson could and Emil Benstrom even uh, could be in line for top six roles here. Uh, so I think all, all three of those guys are going to see increased minutes. Uh, Chinnikov, for his part, has points in uh, five of his last six games uh, for seven total points. No power play production over that stretch, but he is getting, or at least was getting power play opportunities that actually drastically dipped in the last game. But then, of course, he scores two goals when he gets bounced from the power play. So. <laughs> Go figure. But uh, yeah, I think he's a, a fantastic option. Again, the, the ownership percentage under 10% there. Both these guys uh, playing top six roles. Chinnikov probably has more uh, likelihood to stay in a top six longer just because we don't know how long Patrick Line is going to be out. Adam Fentilli is also dealing with an injury. Um, so that's a factor as well in, in this top six in Columbus right now. Uh, AJ, I'm looking at uh, Nicholas Waugh and Ivan Barbashev. They're up at the top of this list of top performers this past week. Eight points for Waugh, seven points for Barbashev. Of the two, I have more faith in Barbashev based on the fact he's currently playing second-line minutes. This team has got some players on the injured list, and uh, they are a Stanley Cup defending champion, so you can expect when the, the, they return for the second half, the official second half's already begun, but uh, after the All-Star break, it's a real stretch drive to the to the finish line here in the regular season. You're going to bet that Vegas is going to hone their game and these two guys can be front and center uh, to help them out. Their ownership is 9% for Watt, 49% for Barbershev. So there should be widely available in many of the leagues that are out there, possibly one that will help you guys if you're listening. And then uh, uh, looking at Charlie Coyle for the Boston Bruins, it still uh, surprises me that the Bruins' first-line center, AJ, is owned in only 59% of leagues. Again, he put up six points this past week, and I'm not sure what the other 41% of leagues are are doing. I, I'm going to make a play for this guy when uh, when my league resumes uh, in uh, the next waiver pickup period to grab him because he is available in my league. I checked before coming on the show, and I could use a boost at the, at the center position. Look at the, uh, at the beginning of the season, we thought that uh, – some teams in the Atlantic Division would be new faces in the playoff race. The one that's hung around the longest right now is the Detroit Red Wings, and Lucas Raymond has been central to that. Six assists in total last last week, just building on what he's done all season, playing in a top six role for a team that's much improved. And so I think he's a guy who's owned in 51% of leagues and should be considered a very helpful option because he'll get power play minutes. He got two power play points last week for uh, for his efforts. And so... Uh, a, a wise cho- choice. There's a couple more others, AG, I want to touch on, but I want to volley back to you for one more look around to see if you want to mention any other before I do. We'll take a look at two guys on this, uh, three guys rather on this list who show up as dual eligibles. It's always good to highlight them. And so it starts with uh, Braden Shen in St. Louis, 
Again, three goals, uh, two assists this last week. Has been playing center most recently uh, with Brandon Saad. Uh, Jake Neighbors currently the, the third guy on that line. Uh, the nice part about uh, Shen is that he also plays with Saad on the second power play unit. And really with St. Louis, like looking who they have where, it's more of a 1B uh, type situation because they've got Shen, Saad, uh, Hayes on one unit. You've got uh, Robert Thomas, Tori Krug. Kairu, uh, Bujnevis on the other. So uh, really a one, one A, one B kind of situation. So I like uh, Braden Shen and then Dylan Cousins for Buffalo. Uh, they kind of have like a top line and then like a two A and B line here, um, depending on, you know, which reporter you look at uh, before the game and, and, you know, who, who you talk to, you could say, you know, Zach Benson, Dylan Cousins and JJ Paterka is, uh, the second line, or you could say the Jordan Greenway, Casey Middlestat, Alex Tuck is the second line. But for Cousins, uh, riding a, a pretty good stretch right now, uh, points in, in his last four games, uh, seven total points over that stretch, does get some power play opportunities with the number one unit right now. Uh, the power play production's been minimal during this four-game stretch, just one assist, but shot totals have been really nice. And again, because both Shen and Cousins are dual eligible. Uh, I, I like both of those guys for your teams. Uh, they're both right about the 50% mark. Uh, so about half of you out there should be able to get them. And then uh, the last one I'll mention, a little lower down the list, Trent Frederick uh, for Boston uh, is, is listed as dual eligible. Uh, he is probably getting a bump right now because of the injury to Jake DeBrusque. Uh, whether he stays in a top six role I think it, it remains to be seen, especially depending on how they want to move around. You know, do they give Pasternak his own line with Pavel Zaka, something that they have done, or do they move Pasternak up uh, to the first line to play with Coyle and Marchant? It's kind of up in the air. So I'm a little less confident on Frederick, but again, solid production over the last week. He did have four games over that stretch. Uh, and so worth considering based on that dual position eligibility. And I'm looking ahead, AG, to the trade deadline, and I mentioned two more names that are on our list for top performances last week. Sean Monaghan from Montreal had four points, playing up almost 20 minutes a game, owned in 80, 18% of leagues. I suspect he's going to be dealt before the deadline, and that, that ownership should spike once he gets onto a more competitive team and maybe in a top six role there as reprising what he's doing with the Habs right now. And the other guy whose name is being mentioned in trade talks, another two-position guy, to your point, is Adam Henrique with Anaheim. He got four points last week on 11 shots, owned in 26% of leagues. This veteran can play center in the wing, as I mentioned, and uh, he is likely to be moved off Anaheim's roster at the trade deadline as well. So if you're into speculating who might be moved to a better team and improve his situation and is uh, likely to help your squad, those are two names that will round out our look at the forward position. On the blue line, AJ, uh, I'm going to start us off with a look at some of the guys that might be helpful there. Uh, the, the Vegas blue line has been decimated by injury all season long. One guy who's kind of navigated to a good, uh, healthy run is Alec Martinez. Now, he's not a big-time scorer normally, but he's getting more reps in, in key situations, and his minutes are up to 22 per game last week. He got three assists, and he's uh, responsible for 14 block shots. That's uh, His forte is more defensive-oriented, but as long as he's getting more reps with the, the talent up front, he can just lob the puck up the ice and pick up some cheap assists too, and he's going to get some extra time on the power play perhaps if if the injuries don't uh, come uh, injured players don't come back soon so that's why i like his 
situation. I'm looking for players on top teams or in uh, healthy situations in this circumstance, AJ, when I come up with these names. And a team that's been floundering is looking for that is looking for a rebound is the Los Angeles Kings. I think they're going to get their game together. And one of the youngsters that they're hoping to benefit from that is Brent Clark, a formerly top draft pick. And he's playing a lot of minutes right now, too, almost 17 plus. And I like his situation behind that club, which is underperforming right now. But I think when they get their act together, he'll be uh, in the mix to, to pick up some points in good situations that surround him. Uh, going to the Boston Bruins, this team has been surprising us all season long. The fact that they are still among the top teams in the league. And Hampus Lindholm is a, a stalwart on the blue line. Three assists last week to continue a steady performance by him. He's owned in 55% of leagues. And I think as the season progresses, teams are looking, uh, fantasy teams are looking to be helped by those players on top teams in the NHL. So that's why I mentioned his name, AJ. I'll love it back to you for more defensemen that might be of interest. Well, I'm going to give you the defensemen not to get too excited about. That's That's going to be my list here, Paul. Um, you, you start with uh, Jan Ruta for San Jose. Uh, really, I mean, he's on a four-game four point streak. Uh, he's going to look pretty good right now. But let's not forget, he started the season with one point in his first 19 games. Uh, he, the two goals that he's scored uh, in, in the last four games are his only two goals for the season. Uh, so I really uh, I would pump the brakes on on Jan Ruta. There's no power play ice time. The shots on goal during this four game stretch. There's just five of them. Uh, so yeah, he's hitting a hot spot right now. But I would I would definitely pump the brakes there. The other one is Marcus Pedersen uh, for the Penguins. Again, much more of a defensively minded player. Uh, you know he's had two multi-point games in his last seven. Uh, but, you know, you look, he's also got four games with no points over that stretch. Again, another guy that doesn't see a lot of power play time. And he is, you know, he's paired up with Chris Letang. He's supposed to be the defensive-minded guy uh, in, in that pairing. So, yes, the offense is a bonus to the team. Uh, but I just don't think it's sustainable enough for either one of these guys uh, to really consider. The other one here, is Josh Brown in Arizona. Um, you know, he's up in the lineup really because of injuries. Uh, the minutes, you know, are pretty low. You know, yeah, you're going to look, you're going to say, hey, two assists in his last four games. But he's averaging 16.33 of ice time over that stretch, uh, which includes a game in which he played uh, about 12 and a half minutes. So it's pretty low in terms of ice time. I don't expect it to climb a ton. Now, granted, they do have injuries to Troy Stetcher and Matt Dumba. Both of those are are long-term or longer-term injuries. Dumba maybe could be back, excuse me, uh, back after the break. But, (coughs) oh, geez. Bless you. Apologize for that. Uh, I'm sure that sounded great to anybody listening to the show. You're allowed. You're allowed. I apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, you know, Travis Dermott picked up an injury as well, so. Uh, you know, Brown could see some extra utilization here, but it's just not long-term sustainable. So those are my uh, three guys on the do not touch list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add some more that would be considered helpful to your situations uh, based on their performance in St. Louis. The veteran defensemen are really starting to take, uh, take a, uh, 
hold of the situation and improved a lot for the Blues of late. Nick Letty uh, joining Colton Pareko on the top pairing. Both of those guys playing extremely well right now, and the ownership is low on both of them. Letty only at 2% after a five-point week is a strong consideration for me because he's a guy in the past who has been uh, one of the top defenseman scorers. It's a couple of years removed from that level of play, but looks like he's in a fine run right now because Justin Falk's out of the lineup that gives him uh, and Pareko more opportunities and you can throw Troy Krug into the mix. They're, they got a wealth of, of healthy offensive defensemen that are carrying the load for this team and keeping them competitive. I also want to look at uh, the situation for Oliver Ackerman and Larson, AJ. OEL is in Florida, of course, this year, and he thrived while two other players were injured for much of the season in the first half, but his numbers haven't dropped since they came back. Still, his ownership's only at 28% after another three-point week. This guy has offensive chops up the wazoo, and uh, they're showing very consistently for the Panthers this season, even with the return of their two other healthy, now healthy defensemen to add to the depth on the blue line here. So a fine looking team this season, and they're getting a great performance out of a veteran defenseman who uh, his stock had uh, fallen a little bit, but he's had a real nice bounce back this season is playing almost 17 minutes and a bit of a sheltered role, but he's really producing a lot of offense for this team consistently throughout this season. Uh, I'll throw one more name out out at you, uh, another trade consideration, Chris Tanev. Now he's not big offensive scorer, but if you're in league likes block shots and hits this guy could be your man and i think he's another guy whose situation may change there are rumors that he could be dealt to a team like toronto that could use help on the first pairing and and uh, a role on a first pairing team on a competitive situation is something that would should boost his numbers right across the board and uh, one other name on the new york rangers this team has floundered a little bit of late but keandre miller has had hot and cold fits this season and last week was another hot one he uh, it made our list uh, 22 and a half point minutes per game and is playing up uh, uh, in 40 percent of our leagues out there combined compiled 18.4 fantasy points i like his chances to improve statistically as the rangers ramp up for a run at the top of their division this season aj if you haven't got any other names on the blue line you can take us into the goalies yeah, I'll dive in. Uh, you know, again, the the goalie list at the the usual top is, uh, you know, you're going to see Andre Vasilevsky, three wins this last week. Jake Ottinger, the same thing. Uh, Ilya Samsov, Stuart Skinner, Aiden Hill, Jeremy Swayman, Sergei Bobrovsky, Alexander Guryorgiev, all of them uh, went out and played two games this week and won both of them. So a really good week by the top of the goaltenders. The rest of the, the list that we'll look at here, Again, is your your lower ownership guy. Um, some of these, I, I think, are worth a shot, and, and some are, are not based on their playing situation. Number one, Anthony Stolertz, great week. Two outings, two wins, 0.940 save percentage, 148 goals against average. Sounds great, um, but not a guy that if you need, like, serious help, I'm going to recommend because he's not going to take the starting job away from Sergei Bobrovsky. It's just not going to happen um at this point especially with how well Bobrovsky played 943 save percentage in his two wins um Calvin Picard uh, uh, another guy for Edmonton uh played one game had a had a pretty good outing in that one um but he's not going to at least not at this rate going to take anything away from Stuart Skinner names that I would consider uh you have to you would see if you're looking at our list here you're going to see Capo Kokkinen and Mackenzie Blackwood both on this list 
San Jose's job uh, is up in the air. Uh, and so I think you could target, you know, maybe one of those guys. Uh, if you think you need uh, that desperate of help, I'll mention Jake Allen again. Closer we get to March 8th, the more likely I would uh, consider taking Allen to see where he lands. So those are just a couple of guys that I, I think do offer value, a couple of guys that I don't think so. But, Paul, I won't run through this whole list because obviously I could talk about all of them uh, for, for quite a while here. I'll let you give your take. Yeah, there's a few that have overtaken their their counterparts in the situations. One is Dave Riddich. You know I'm a big fan of this guy. I just love the nickname, Big Save Dave. He was in for three starts for L.A. and receded for a, uh, no wins last week, but kept the goals a lid on the goals against. And I think he's played well enough to hold on to the role here uh, over his struggling counterpart, Cam Talbot. So that's a, that's a name to watch. Uh, I'll also mention... Spencer Martin in the murky Carolina situation, we don't know who's going to play in that for this team from one night to the next. They got three different candidates, not including Freddie Anderson, who are possibilities. So Spencer Martin played one game and he won it last week with only one goal, uh, two goals against. So uh, he, he is a consideration right now as a most recent acquisition for this club. Lucas Dostal battling uh, incumbent John Gibson for a role in Anaheim. They might give this guy a longer look in the second half to see what they have here as uh, an also-ran club that is looking to to assess their team. And so that might be a situation where you see him take more starts away from John Gibson. And and uh, if you're looking for help, that might be a, a circumstance where he could get some surprise wins for you. Another murky goaltending situation is New Jersey. Nico Dawes surpassed Vita Vanacek for a while, but Dawes struggled last week and gave way to back to Vanacek, who had some success last week, uh, starting three games and uh, collecting 22.4 fantasy points. They owned in 63% of leagues. This team's going to get a little bit healthy, we, healthier. We mentioned that uh, they are getting Jack Hughes back in the, in the fold in the, in the coming days. And so that should help the overall makeup of this team. And whoever's in net should be in good position to uh, take hold of a role for an, what I think should be an improving club, AJ. So that said, we also want to help you out with a look at who are the most added players in the past week, AJ. And uh, I'll let you throw us into that list with some names that we haven't talked about yet today. Well, it, people are listening. Finally, <laughs> Brock Faber jumped 21% this last week. I, I think every single week he's been on this list and every single week I've said, go stop the show and go put this guy on your team. Uh, so he's up to 56%. So if you're, if he's still available in your league, you're just, you, you're running out of time here. So uh, definitely consider him. I talked about Braden Shen earlier, uh, his, his numbers in, in production, he's up about 11% from, from just under, uh, just under 10 to just over 20. So uh, he's on the rise there. And then Paul, you mentioned Charlie Coyle uh, playing, you know, continuing to get that first line role, uh, 8% jump. He's uh, getting about, you know, 60% on. So that number is really flying up there. Um, so definitely some guys uh, that are worth considering here. Uh, some of the goalies that we've talked about have, have seen jumps here. Uh, your guy, Riddich, uh, Stuart Skinner, obviously on the back of, you know, their, their strong winning run has, has moved up this list as well. So yeah, just a handful of guys that we've already talked about that, uh, you know, we are seeing that reflected in, in this. So I think they're worth, uh, considering because those numbers are still, 
not above, you know, for the most part, Skinner's the higher highest is 79%, but overall they're, they're not above uh, heavy levels where they should be under consideration and, and should be available in a lot of those leagues. And AJ, I mentioned Colton Pareko. He uh, has seen his ownership rise steadily in the last several weeks. Another four-point rise. He's up to 77% ownership. Thomas Harley's had a great run in Dallas. His ownership has moved up 4% on the season. There's a couple of defensemen that can help you, and they should be available in most of your leagues. Uh, And then looking back at the goalie situation in Toronto, it's been a little bit shaky uh, for the last few weeks, ever since Joseph Wall went uh, missing. Uh, Marty Jones held the fort for a while, but now this past week, Ilya Samsonov seems to have found his game, and it's reflected in his ownership uh, spiking by 6.3% as the Leafs went 4-1 and one in their last five games while I've been down here in Arizona. Maybe I should stay down here if the team's <laughs> going to continue playing so well. So happy about that. And uh, Sam Bennett for Florida. Uh, look, at uh, there's a guy on Florida's top six who's less than 50% owned. This team has been uh, a strong offensive club all season long, and Bennett's been a key part of that. So his ownership should continue to rise in that regard. I mentioned Colton Pareko. 76.9%. The ownership there, Harley, 37.8, just to be clear. Jordan Bennington is uh, bounced back a little bit for St. Louis, too, a team that is rolling right now. His ownership still below the 50% mark for a guy who's t- handling most of the assignments in the nets for them. I mentioned Alec Martinez. His ownership went up 3.2% this past week just because he's one of the few healthy regular defensemen on that team. And every time I see this name, AJ, I cringe. Jared McCann who is a guy who played with both Pittsburgh and the Maple Leafs. And he was gone on to great success with Seattle, owned in 84% of leagues, just jumped 3.1% again. But I see that name and it gives me uh, just a tick because I think uh, of what the Leafs could have kept there and had him to bolster their top six. Uh, Back to Vegas, I go for one more comment, and that's Aiden Hill is back and healthy and uh, his ownership went up by 3%. It's up uh, up around 88% on the season. And uh, I'll leave it to you uh, to come up with another name or two, or if you want to throw us to break, that's fine too. Well, yeah, I will do that. I will toss this over to break, but not before I mentioned that uh, the best way to get all this information that we're talking about is to check out rotowire.com. And the way to check that out is rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D where you can get a free uh, 48-hour trial to the site. You can check out things like the lineup optimizer for your DFS competitions, the My uh, my Leagues for your season-long competition, which includes things like best lineup for your specific team, top free agents in your league. Maybe I shouldn't recommend the top free agents in people's league, Paul. They're going to stop listening to us and just use the My Leagues feature and figure out who uh, who they should pick up that way. So, uh, never mind. Don't do that. Uh, no, but <laughs> rotowire.com slash pod. Go check out the site and check out all those amazing to- tools over there. We'll be back after a quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to our podcast. Uh, we're ready to go now into a look at the most dropped players and injury news from around the league, AJ. And I have to begin with a sensitive one off the top of the list. Carter Hart is one of five Canadian-born players who were implicated in a, an ugly incident that happened at the World Junior Championships a few years ago. I'm not going to go into that in detail, but suffice it to say, he's going to be missing for a while from Philadelphia's situation. And he's one of four other, five other players that has been uh, deemed uh, un, unable to play for the next little while uh, until they sort out the, the punishment that these players are going to get. And I think it's going to be severe, AJ, in, in this circumstance. So Carter Hart's ownership went from 74% to 59%. I think it's going to drop precipitously even more in the coming weeks, just because I don't expect that the punishment will be light for him and the four other guys that got implicated in this messy circumstance. Uh, the situation in LA, I touched on it earlier, that Cam Talbot is losing a gri- his grip on the role and his ownership went from 82.2% to 71%. I think it could drop some more with Dave Ridge's fine recent play. And uh, the same situation might apply to Marty Jones uh, in the Nets for the Maple Leafs. His ownership was as high as 278 a week ago, but dropped 9.6% on the heels of Samsonov's fine play as the Leafs' uh, most expensive goalie has looked the role in the last uh, few games that Toronto's played. So could push Jones to the second, maybe even third slot with Joseph Wall's return coming around the corner. Uh, one other name I'll talk about before I t- send it over to you, Owen Tippett. Uh, Despite some injury news, he signed a big extension, an eight-year deal that's going to lock him up in Philadelphia for a while. But he's on the IR right now with an undisclosed hurt, and his ownership went down about 3.8%. We'll touch on some players who are uh, headed to the injury list and others that 
will come off the injury list as we continue through this look here. AJ, I'll throw it back to you for some of those notes. Yeah, uh, just to touch on that, uh, the Tippett contract, eight years, I, I was admittedly a little surprised by that. But, you know, his numbers aren't bad. 49 points last year, which included 27 goals. He's already at 30 points this year in 46 games. So certainly producing at a decent level. Um, I think overall, you know, you might look at that contract, 6.2 million, probably a little steep years, one, two, and three, but you know, years six, seven, and eight, 6.2 might not be so bad if he continues on his current trend. So, uh, you know, pros and cons of locking a guy up long-term, you overpay him in the first couple of years, and then you underpay him at the back half of the deal. So but yeah, he's still out of the lineup. Uh, big news in Buffalo, Jack Quinn going to miss eight weeks after undergoing uh, surgery for a lower body injury. Um, you know, that that's that's a big blow, a big blow for them. You've got uh, Travis, Travis Hamanick could return after the All-Star break. Same with Kasperi Kapanen. Both of them have been dealing with injuries. I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Patrick Laine entered the player assistance program. Uh, had previously been out with a, with a collarbone injury. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be gone a little bit longer there. Um, kind of some, some more potentially day to day. You've uh, you know, you've got Thomas Hartle is dealing with an injury. Uh, Scott Perubinich for the blues is banged up. Uh, Adam Fentilli was injured uh, just yesterday. Uh, and then uh, one last one done for the year, uh, Philip Heedle was working his way back. Technically the team's calling it an upper body injury, but all reports uh, indicate it's a, it was a concussion. He had gone back home uh, to continue to recover, basically came back after feeling a lot better, came back from, uh, I believe the Czech Republic where he's from and uh, came back, was doing some skates and I haven't really heard anything, but from the sounds of it got, you know, sounds like he fell during that, uh, you know, uh, optional skate and, and uh, had a recurrence of, of that concussion problem. So unfortunately he's done for the season. Um, look, I, I think there's maybe a real possibility that Filipino's done permanently. Um, we'll see what happens there. Obviously I hope not. I, I would love to see him. He's only 24 years old. Um, but given the, the, you know, difficulties this year with this concussion and just working his way back, it potentially suffers another one. I, I think it's a, at least a question that needs to be asked by, you know, Heedle and, and his team there. AJ, the Red Wings got quite a boost with the addition of Patrick Kane, but he's missed the last six games. Uh, the good news is that he may return on Wednesday of this week before the All-Star break, in fact, from his lower body injury. I was holding my breath there, hoping that he would be a healthy return because I like to see the veterans continue as long as they can at a high level. And he was doing some good work for the Wings and has an opportunity to come back and continue that run. Uh, on the downside, I was really miffed, AJ, when I saw Brennan Gallagher suspended for five games for a vicious elbow on Adam Pellick. This was a targeted shot, and I got to rant about it for a minute here because there was no way that you can tell me this was accidental, and I think they should have thrown a book at this guy. I'm not saying it because he's wearing the hab colors, but uh, one of the more vicious targeted elbow hits that I've seen in a long time right to Pellick's kisser, and uh, that could have been a really, really serious injury. Pellick is out at the moment and uh, probably in concussion protocol nothing too clear about that and another suspension jacob truba for the rangers suspended suspended for another elbowing incident he got two games again i i 
think these are, are calls that should be even more significant just to cut out this nonsense uh, of the dirty hits in the game. And we saw two of them this past week. And I don't think they were, they were punished uh, to the extent that I would have liked to have seen. In terms of a star that's expected to make his return in the coming days, uh, Mark Shifley, uh, leader of the Winnipeg Jets, out with a lower body hurt. And they missed him in the back-to-back -back games against the Leafs. He's missed six games in a row. Should be ready post-All-Star break. And his return should really help this team to roll. And uh, I, I don't mean to chuckle when I see this name on the injury list, but Max Pacioretty, or uh, as I call him, Max Paper Mache, is out with another injury, AJ. This time it's a lower body hurt. This guy has the worst luck in terms of injury concerns. And it's too bad because when he's healthy, he's a, a top a high-end scorer. The Caps uh, were hopeful that he could could reprise that role and uh, turn his career around, but it's just another in a litany of injuries for this guy. And uh, we touched on Tippett's contract, but I did mention he was hurt dealing with a lower body injury. He's missed four games so far, and there's there's no clarity about when he might return. So uh, we'll see what that what happens there. Yeah, I think that about uh, about covers the uh, the injury news there, Paul. I think we covered pretty much everything we could there. So we'll take it over to the DFS portion of the show uh, where we're going to break down our individual lineups for both uh, DraftKings, myself, FanDuel for you. Uh, just a two-game slate for us. So got to be a little lighter. Uh, uh, got to be a little more strategic here in who you pick. Um, and, and really... I think at least in a two game slate here, uh, there has to be, I think, a huge difference between what kind of lineup you're building, whether you're going for um, a cash game or a GPP contest, because there, there's a, a smaller pool. Right. And if you miss on the regular guys, um, it's it's going to really hurt. And so for me, uh, I'm, I'm building a, a tournament lineup. This is a boomer bust lineup. I, I definitely uh, made some choices that are a little uh, more out there in order to try and finish on top because we are looking at, at a smaller group of guys. And so uh, my first one is not that. My first pick is Jared McCann. Uh, we talked about him, 6,900. He's actually the most uh, expensive center on the slate for, for DraftKings tonight, which is saying a lot that it's under wow. 7K. Uh, so I've got him in there. And then I pair him up with uh, San Jose going the other side. Uh, uh, Logan Couture, I think, is a, in a good spot. I think this is, you know, he's four games back now. Uh, I'm expecting that, you know, the, the shot total is going to tick up. The power play time has been there. Um, and I expect that to just ramp up. So I, I think Couture is a good option tonight against Seattle. Uh, here and then I'm gonna go. Uh, I mentioned uh, Chinnikov earlier for Columbus. They're on the road against St. Louis. He's 5,500 here. I think a good price tag for a guy that's gonna see increased responsibilities. And I'm actually gonna go with uh, Kent Johnson for Columbus as well. Just 3K for him. He's on a, on the second line right now with Boone Jenner. We've got him penciled in uh, as top power play minutes as well. Not a lot of production, admittedly, over his last several games. Uh, no goals in his last 10, just two assists over that that stretch, 19 shots. But again, the lines are changing in Columbus. My lineup could change as well if if we see different lines uh, later today. But for the most part, both of those guys, top six roles. I go back to the Sharks with Anthony Duclair. Um, 3200 is his price tag. It gets me a double on that. So I've got Couture and Duclair. 
I've got Chinnikov and Johnson really pairing up some lines on teams that should that aren't going to be favored tonight. Um, I will go back and I, I paid up more uh, at at defense, and so I've got Zach Wierenski, thirty nine hundred. He'll lead the way uh, for Columbus. I, I think that's good value there. And then Vince Dunn over in Seattle, fifty eight hundred is his price tag. Two guys that should get plenty of power play time, plenty of shots. Uh, my utility spot is a maybe. Uh, I've got Thomas Hurdle penciled in there. Uh, we've, you know, he's considered day to day. Wasn't at practice yesterday. No indication yet as to whether or not he'll play. So I'll pivot if he doesn't. But I think it's a decent matchup there. And then I'm going with Blackwood between the Nets just to save money. Uh, he's the 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 cheapest of the four options that you're going to see today. And so I think it makes sense to use him. Uh, you know, you're going to have, it's possible, but I think you're going to have a hard time not using any players against your goaltender. So I just took the cheapest option in the hopes that maybe the Sharks could pull off a win. Um, and Blackwood just gives up, you know, maybe gives up one goal to Jared McCann with an assist from Vince Dunn. That would be perfect <laughs> for me. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but that's how I built out my lineup on DraftKings. Paul, how does FanDuel look to you tonight? Well, they're uh, off the top. I'm going to say I took a bit of a different look here, and I'm looking at a cash cash lineup. And uh, topping the list is a guy who was more expensive than anybody that was on your side on the on the DraftKings side. Robert Thomas for St. Louis at $8,400 is on a tear for the Blues right now with eight points in his last five games played, playing top line center minutes and top line pivot on the power play. So I like his circumstance here tonight in a favored uh, game where St. Louis is favored. Uh, the only player that we had in common was Logan Couture. I, like you, put him in because I had to, I wanted to avoid loading up and going over the max on a couple of other teams that I have in this lineup. So uh, I went with Couture, who I think is ex- uh, expected by many, including you and me, to get things going offensively. He is the the straw that stirs the offensive drink here, but they've been without him much of the season. You mentioned he's only playing in his fifth game tonight. And uh, I think it's time that he shows the, his medal uh, with, with the role that he has carved out over the last several years here. And, and uh, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets on the score sheet with a big night and it could happen in this game uh, on the wing. I went with Pavel Vuknevich, who's also been on a tear. He cost $7,000 playing first line minutes and uh, power play as well. For the Blues, I expect a big night for him. He's going to build on four goals and three assists in his last five game played, I think. And then uh, a second uh, winger is Jordan Everly. I have a lot of time for this guy, AJ. I wax poetic whenever I can about one of the guys with the highest hockey IQ that I think is, it plays the game uh, currently. Nine points in his last six games played. Also another guy who's playing wing on, on the first line and the first line power play. So you notice a theme here in terms of the, the way I built out the offense. I want the power play specialists who are playing top line minutes too. When I turn to the defense, I may surprise by taking Schultz for Seattle at $4,200. I had to save some money somewhere, but I look at the fact that he's scoring a little bit more than he usually does with three points in his last six games played. And he's getting a look on the top pair uh, lineup in the power play circumstance for Seattle, a team that has been rolling on with the extra man in the last couple of weeks. So I like the circumstance for him and a bit of a surprise and cheap value play there. I also mentioned when we were looking at top defensemen who are available in leagues, uh, Colton Pareko's had a very nice run for St. Louis and 
and uh, has helped himself with 18 shots on goal in his last seven games played. And five, it's translated to five points in his last six games played. He's not among the top scoring defensemen in the league, but he's playing like it right now for St. Louis. And that's why he's a compelling ad if you can get him in your fantasy leagues. When I went to the utility uh, levels, I looked for players who've been really active for their respective cl clubs, and I came up with a couple of wingers. I expect them to be on the losing end, end of the games tonight, but that doesn't mean that you won't get some good mileage out of Marchenko in, in Columbus' situation for $5,900, 20 shots on goal in his last six games played. That's over three per game, and he's getting top six minutes there. Ditto for Fabian Zetterlin with San Jose, also playing wing on the top line and power play minutes are uh, on the top unit 20 shots on goal in his last five games played it's translated to three points in his last four outings as well and that leaves me a chance to spend up a little bit and uh, take a guy who has a chance to get a win against columbus tonight and jordan bennington for the blues i've mentioned they're surging of late and he's uh, costing only 7900 dollars, despite the fact that he's six one and one in his last eight starts with a 233 goals against average, while Columbus has managed only three wins in their last 10 games played. So I like the high win probability there. AJ, I mentioned off the top that uh, we are, are at the All-Star break, and it's kind of a fun time to assess the leaders in certain trophy races. And that's how I'd like to finish the show with you, with a quick back and forth on the, the scoring leadership right now, which shows Kucherov, McKinnon, Pasternak, McDavid and Miller as the top five. And then you got Austin Matthews as a 40-goal shooter who's outside the top 10 because of only a 17 or 18 assists year-to-date. But I don't know how you can afford to, uh, afford to avoid a guy in this discussion when he's got that many goals and might be a 70-goal shooter. Uh, I'll ask you a two-parter here. Who's going to win the scoring race and who's your MVP so far and who might be at the end of the season? I mean, I've said for years that Nathan McKinnon deserves more credit uh, for for what he does with that team. Um, you you know my stance on this, Paul. You've got, you know, McDavid has Dreisaitl. Matthews has Marner, Nylander, whoever else you want to add on that team. Uh, you know, McKinnon does have good players around him, Kale McCarr being one of them. Um, but I think he carries his his team more than some of these these other guys. Um, you look at the odds on this. McKinnon's the leader in the clubhouse. Again, looking at the the DK Sportsbook, he's minus 120 to take home the the Hart Trophy here, uh, and and I think it's deserving. So uh, I I agree with the odds right now. Well, and and I I can't argue that uh, in terms of the scoring race, he's right there, one point behind Kucherov, who who deserves a lot of credit for a Tampa club that's not among the league leaders. You can make the case that. Boston certainly is, and that's past Pasternak. Edmonton certainly is improving with a league-high winning streak, and Vancouver's on uh, on a tear, and that helps Miller as well. So you can make the case that McKinnon's doing uh, more with less around him than some of these other guys, and yet his team is right near the top of the league. So I think he gets my nod as the league's MVP as well, uh, and uh, maybe even in the scoring race, I'll say that, uh, because I'm not sure Kucherov can keep that up for Tampa. I, I think this is a team that that has punch, is punched above its weight for the past month to be a surprise contender in that in the Atlantic Division. I don't know if they can keep it up uh, the rest of the season. So I like McKinnon as well. In terms of the uh, Rocket Richard scoring race, I think it's Matthews to lose. But there's a couple of guys nipping at his heels that have been surprises for me. I think he's going to do enough to hold them off. And, and he is on pace for 70. I'd love to see him get that too. Yeah. yeah I mean, how do you not bet on Matthews for, for that one? Um, 
you know, again, if, you know, looking at odds, minus 275. So you're really not getting a lot of value here on on actual uh, betting him. So why not take a shot at Sam Reinhardt? I mean, he's uh, he's got 37 goals. He's just three behind Matthews, although he has played in three more games than Matthews. Um, I, I will say one thing that might sway you in thinking maybe Reinhardt could pull it off is the fact that he's got 20 power play goals. That's double the number of Matthews. Um, so Reinhardt really getting fed on the power play right now, and that's going to you know boost his numbers uh, a, a lot more. He's plus 700 uh, as the next closest behind Matthews. So uh, while I think Matthews is going to win it, uh, I, I think Sam Reinhardt at plus 700, not a bad bet right now when, when you consider those odds. AJ, what about the the Norris race? Looks like a two man race for me. Uh, Hughes for Vancouver, McCarr for Colorado, both having outstanding offensive seasons. I think McCarr is going to get this trophy, but I'm not sure he's uh, miles ahead of Hughes. This could be a very close vote. I'll give the nod to McCarr. I wonder if you agree. Uh, I'm actually on the opposite. I'm going to go with Quinn Hughes on it. Uh, you know, Paul, we've talked in the past about the fact that plus minus is is somewhat a misleading category uh, in, in a lot of cases. But for me, when it's so skewed one way or the other, it starts to tell a story here. Uh, Quinn Hughes is a plus 34 on the year. I mean, that's just out- outstanding uh, numbers there. Uh, he's got decent power play production. Uh you know, comparatively. So I think if he stays ahead of Makar in the, in the points race here, I think he'll take home the Norris trophy, but I do agree with you. It's a, it's a two man race. I don't really see, you know, looking at other scoring guys here, I don't really see Noah Dobson, Victor Hedman or Roman Yossi really challenging long-term. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a two dog race, but I, I think Quinn Hughes comes out on top. And then finally, let's look at the Vezina Trophy. I know, I think you may have tipped your hand that Connor Hellebuck is, is miles ahead of the pack here, but uh, I look at the, the goals against leader is Aiden Hill with a 194 goals against. Maybe he hasn't had the number of starts that Hellebuck has had. Georgiev is leading the league in 20, with 27 wins. Denko with 26. Hellebuck's fifth in that, fourth and tied for third in that category. Sorry. And Skinner is making a run now tied for third as well. So there's a number of goalie names out there. But I think we both agree that Hallibuck is the man in the Nets that's going to take away the Vezina. Do you agree? Absolutely. You know, you look um, you look at the top top five in wins, the guys that you mentioned here. So Georgiev, Demko, Hallibuck, Bobrovsky, and, and Stewart. Um, Hallibuck has the best save percentage. Uh, in fact, Alexander Georgiev's save percentage, despite 27 wins, is sub 900. Um, so, you know, that's going to knock him off there. They're pretty good. Uh, he's got the uh, back to Hellybuck. He's got the best goals against average, two point two zero. I think if there's there's a knock on his you know Vesna Trophy candidacy, it's going to be the fact that he only has two shutouts compared to Thatcher Demko, who has five. Um, Demko's numbers are a little bit better, as I said. You know, Alexander Georgiev's actually aren't that great for a guy with twenty seven wins. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's Hellubuck. Uh, I would more likely think Thatcher Demko challenges, um, but Stuart Skinner has been racking up wins. I, I think he's maybe a long, a, a dark horse candidate you could consider. And yeah, I'm not sure Hill is going to play enough games even at the the end of this to really challenge here. Uh, he's plus Hill is plus sixteen hundred when you look at the odds. 
Uh, Demko plus 275, Hellybuck minus 110. So definitely the favorite, but not as heavy as we've seen, you know, like uh, with with uh, Norris or, or Hart odds there. AJ, I tried to whet the appetite of some of our listeners, hoping that they're going to jump on uh, on and listen in future episodes where we lean heavily in terms of trade speculation and rumors around the league as well as we do the run up to the trade deadline, which comes up in March. So that's it's one of the more exciting times of the year for us on this show with all the rumors that are out there and and the possibilities that are linked to them. So that's something our listeners can look forward to. I'm looking forward to the All-Star break, and I, I know you are too. And uh, we'll take this opportunity to thank our listeners once again for listening to RotorWire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. As always, we remind you that we're here to assist you with all things relating to your enjoyment of the fantasy hockey situations that you're in. And so we encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter, where you can also follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. You can follow AJ at AJScholes24. So long, everybody. Have a good rest of the week. I'll be back in Toronto in a colder environment so I don't make my partner jealous anymore. Take care, guys. We'll